Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth. Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and I am here with a super cool couple who are friends of mine and really interesting business people and also have done some really interesting things personally as a family. Um, Today, our guests are Megan and Aaron Schiller. They are the hosts of Muse and the Catalyst, a podcast about getting inspired and taking action to create the life of your dreams. Highly recommend you listen in. Megan is the founder of The Art Pantry, a design studio specializing in children's creative play spaces. And Aaron is a life coach who works with parents focused on their personal, spiritual, and professional growth. They are the parents of two adorable girls, I added that in, ages nine and five, and live in Mill Valley, California. Welcome, you guys. Hi, Michelle. Great to be here. So fun to be on your show, Michelle. Super fun. So glad you guys are here. So we are going to talk today a little bit about um, this big adventure you guys just went on. And I haven't even gotten a chance to really hear about it other than having stalked you on Facebook as you were going. But Megan and Aaron took their two girls for a few months, right, you guys? How long was it? Uh, yeah, three months, a little over three months in a an little, Airstream trailer. In an, in an Airstream trailer <laughs> across the United States. They took, you pulled your girls out of school. Which months were you gone? We left at the end of February and came back a little... In, into June, I think in the beginning of June. So, and so you, you homeschooled your girls. Time. Amazing. In the spring with your girls, homeschooling along the way. And would you guys start by just sharing, like, where did this seemingly, you know, to most people, cockamamie idea <laughs> come from? How did you decide to do this? Cockamamie. Yeah, I love that you call it cockamamie. I mean, it's kind of how it started, right? Like Megan had started listening to, I think, the Adventure... Uh, Family Adventure Podcast. It's another podcast out there that's really fun to listen to. But so she got, like, inspired and got this bug and started believing that we could go on this family trip. And I was like, that does not seem possible. Like, we're both self-employed. We don't really have, you know, the sort of the the nest egg, so to speak, to be able to go on a trip like that. And so at first, I was just pretty much a, a solid blocker of this idea. Wow. And I love, Erin, how you said she got, she started to believe that, that we could do this. Can you unpack that a little bit for the way that you're, what, what it is that made you say that? And, and Megan, I'm curious how you respond to that. Well, I think for me, listening to all the stories on the Family Adventure podcast of people traveling with their kids, a lot of people sell their houses and they go on adventures for years. And I realized that it was really possible. A lot of these people didn't have a lot of money and they were working from the road and just sort of scrapping things together. So I knew that we could make it happen somehow. And I just decided if I set a date a year into the future, then anything is possible in a year pretty much. So um, I'd started planning and I actually originally thought that we were going to go across the world to Australia and New Zealand and Indonesia. But as I started researching, I realized how expensive that would be and that even getting air miles and all of that weren't really going to cut it for us. So um, 
I think just setting the date and putting the intention out there and then just knowing that no matter what, we were going to have a three-month trip, but being open to how it unfolded was really what I was thinking at the time. Yeah, and there's definitely a, a piece, and we go into it in a lot of detail in episode two of our show, mm-hmm. um, Using the Catalyst. But the, the, like one of the key pieces was like, Megan, like, you're right. Like when she started to believe, she started doing things that were um, things she could do without me buying in, right? Like she didn't need me to buy in to say, we're going to go on the trip in February of next year. Like that she was able to start actualizing her dream, um, even though I was a doubter and, and definitely like will claim being a blocker of it uh, initially. There were so many cool things she did that kind of set it in motion to, the, to finally I started to believe and went, okay, what if I helped out? Like maybe I can go and talk to a friend who did advertising for Airstream. And uh, so that's eventually what I did. I took a buddy who lives in the community um, to coffee and I was going to try to like reverse pitch him. I had done sales and advertising for a little while um, before I got back into coaching. And uh, the plan was to be like, what would I need to come back with in, in a month, like a presentation? What would need to be in it if I was going to pitch you to try to get sponsored by Airstream? And he would listen to what we were talking about. And Megan had this dream of doing art events with people she knows through Instagram across the country. And he just heard me and he went, we have a campaign. Like, what do you want? A trailer and a truck and a little gas money? <laughs> oh and I was kind of like, yeah. And I just kind of stopped talking because I knew that like something magical was happening. And uh, I called Megan after that coffee and was like, Meg, I think I got us a trailer and a truck and a little gas money. You want to go on a trip? Yeah, I was shocked when he called after like a 30-minute coffee with somebody. And, and basically, our trip was ready to go at that point. Wow, you guys, you know, and I think how often all we have to do is ask, you know, I can remember when I, my son started at, um, at a school years ago, and I really wanted to teach mindfulness there. I wanted to bring mindfulness into the school. And so I was conniving all these different ways. How am I going to get it in there? You know, what am I going to do? What am I going to have to say? Kind of like you were talking about Aaron, like creating this pitch. And I asked right. someone and they said, oh, you should just talk to the mindfulness committee. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, there's 40 people gathering about this. So all this imagination in my mind of what I had to do. So how often I think, I think it's such a good lesson for the listeners because, you know, how often would we dream and imagine if we just ask, you know, if we just make the right connections and ask how things can, can happen. And I, I got goosebumps when you told me that story. I think it's so amazing. So there it was. So now you have your Airstream. And you have gas money. And what happens next? So we, we started planning what we would do on the trip. Um, part of what we told Airstream that we would do because we were going to be doing social media for Airstream and promoting them along the way. But we told them we would also be doing um, family art events with collaborators in different places around the country. So I had to plan out the route and based on the, the people that I knew in different places around the country that would collaborate with me on the family art events, I created a route that started in Ohio at the Airstream headquarters and then pretty much took us in a big loop all the way around the country, down to Miami, across to LA, and then back up to Ohio. Wow. And where, where did it get hard? <laughs> Once you guys left. We didn't even leave on the trip well, yet. Well, it started getting hard maybe a week before we left. Yeah. But we, I think we pushed a lot of the, the preparation work till pretty close to before we were leaving. But just to give some context, I mean, like leaving for a trip like that, it, it was, you know, we rented out our house through Airbnb. So there was a complete clearing of our house. Megan does not mess around as an Airbnb host. And so <laughs> that means like all of our clothes are out of the house. That means like 
all of our knickknacks. Yeah, and you toys. were like, what's on the list? I was like, well, I think um, vacuuming, you know, under the beds and behind the, the furniture and the wiping the ceiling down. He's like, what do you mean wiping the ceiling? <laughs> yeah, so we're like two days from a three month trip and I'm like, I can help. So I'm in the bathroom, like wiping down, you know, the ceiling vent. And just, <laughs> there was awesome. just little things like team. that to get out. So I think we started to realize the, uh, the kind of the magnitude of what we were about to do. And we had to pack up um, we only had, had what we could take on an airplane. So we basically maxed out on our allotment of carry-ons and check-in <laughs> baggage. Um, and then we were on our way. And I think what what was hard about that too, I think it was just the, you know, a little bit of anxiousness and stress around how are we going to do this? Like we've never, I never towed a trailer before. Megan had never towed a trailer. So I think the unknown started to become very real. And mm-hmm. also having faith that we would have enough money along the trip because Airstream was lending us the trailer and the truck and providing us with gas money and a little bit of camping fees. But after that, we were on our own. So we had to make sure that Aaron was working from the road and that the Airbnb money was coming in and that we had a little bit of extra money. I was selling some e-guides through my business and we needed to be able to feed ourselves and and go on adventures and be able to do things on the road. So that was one stress too. Yeah. And I think that in summary that I think this is also one of the outcomes of the trip is it, it gave us access to being a little bit more uh, like in real time survival mode and just like living day to day as a family Mm -hmm. versus, um, you know, being self-employed, you kind of start to get used to being month to month, but there was something about like day to day, um, taking care of ourselves that started to slip into our experience. Mm, that's really, that's, you know, I, it's hard to kind of, I can't really wrap my head around it, you know, the day to day. I mean, I can with just, you know, I often say I've been wanting to write a, I'll eventually I'll write a blog post about this. You know, everything's fine until it isn't. And then it is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I kind of have that. sounds that. like living in an airship. Yeah. Like, there were so many times where it's like, where are we going to sleep tonight? Oh my God. We didn't know. Like, I mean, you lived in Florida, right? Like we didn't know about snowbirders. And so it was like, all but, the campgrounds yeah, are full. We thought we'd roll into Florida in March and April. Like we own the place. Like we could just roll up to like every beach campsite. And it was like, hey, California kids. Like, have you heard of snowbirders and spring oh, and break? Spring break. We were there yeah. during all the different spring breaks that were happening. Oh. But, so, but to your point, like what your blog post is suggesting, right? Like there was a moment where like in the Okefenokee Swamp in Georgia for Aura's birthday. She just turned five. And, uh we realize everything's booked. And so like, like you said, like everything is not okay for a minute. And then through the process of doing some online research and kind of just keep moving, we found these amazing places to stay and, and everything was totally fine. Each time that and was the result. with the help of really sweet strangers and people and family members, we were able to, to stay in people's driveways when we really had nowhere else to go. That's true. Our, our good friend, Christopher Robbins, um, he found a, a home with a French family who had traveled around the U.S. maybe 10, 15 years ago, and he told them about our trip, and they let us park our trailer in their um, in their bit, their front yard, their driveway yeah. in Miami, because there weren't really many places to bring an airstream in Miami. So uh, we were there because Aaron thought he was going to have a work event, which didn't end up happening. But then I had an event in Fort Lauderdale, so we needed to be in the area. So. Um, they let us stay in their driveway for a few days. We had never met them before. They invited us to barbecue oh, and wow. take showers in their house and use their laundry machines. It was amazing. We, we learned the stages of being a, a house guest. Like first you asked <laughs> to take a shower. Or no, first you asked for the internet password. Then you asked for a shower. And then you move all the way to laundry. Then laundry. <laughs> that's, the, that's the full culmination of the guest experience. 
Oh my gosh. It's so great. And it sounds like just, you know, a little note to the listeners just to leave your victim mindset at home, you know, leave your limiting beliefs at home, right? It's so connected to to the mindfulness practice, right? Because we have to be able to pause and slow down enough. You guys were able to notice, okay, we're in a limited mindset, right? We're in a, we're in a victim mindset. We can't be in that right now, or we don't get to move on, right? And so you have to open up again and open up to the moment and be able to pause and, and see what's possible. It, does that does that sound yeah, like what was I, happening? I, I mean, the way that I, I interpret that is like there's always a way to move forward in a good yeah, way. Yeah, yes. Like no matter how hard it gets or um, how tired or how anxious you or stressed, mm-hmm. there's there always is a, a way forward. And I just always knew how lucky we were to be in the situation that we were in and to have this amazing three-month adventure with our family. And so any stresses that came up, I was just still always appreciative of our situation. And I knew that we could move forward and still feel grateful for everything that we were doing. That's beautiful. And there's a lot of research on gratitude, you know, and so there's, you know, that what that does to your ability to move forward. And it sounds like that's what you were doing. That's really really wonderful. It is a sweet thing too. I want to make a plug that if you are going on a three month trip, I really recommend people take you Megan because <laughs> you have a nest. Like it definitely took me a good month. Like I think I had experienced like internal stress and my, my digestive system got all messed up. Cause I was just like driving this big truck with this big trailer, like down big highways in the wind and feeling the sort of the, intensity. Mm. and it definitely took me probably a good month before I was like, okay. Yeah, I think Aaron felt the weight of of protecting the airstream on his shoulders. And so there was a moment early in the trip when we were in Florida where he was backing up and slightly hit a pole. (laughs) We weren't going to tell that story anymore, I thought. I thought that story was... And I was like, you know what? Like, you know, they gave us a trailer to truck. They know we've never driven this before. I think airstream will be okay with a tiny dent and, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. I was trying to help him ease his fears about it. But I think it really stressed him out. And eventually, through the process of going through all of this, by the end of the trip, those kinds of things didn't bother him anymore. And he was able to move through it. God, what growth. Well, and also he had like his most precious packages in that Airstream. Yeah. There's three (laughs) girls in there. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. And I think I still, to some extent, I mean, we could still talk a little more about the trip, but being back home now, I still have those precious packages, but they don't, I don't, the responsibility doesn't weigh on me in the same way. Mm, tell me more about that what's that about like going through that high stress and just like putting all that pressure on myself like something was released probably when the dent of the trailer (laughs) as a starting point Mm. and throughout the rest of the trip where like I could really only do what I can do and there's so much more that is outside of my control and Mm. I, I walk that way now every day where it's like I can just be the best me I can be I can try to be in a good way try to experience as much well-being and the rest is, is going to fall the way it falls. Wow. So this trip kind of became a metaphor for how to live your lives. I still feel like we're on the road in terms of like a journey mentality. Like it's weird because now our girls are back in school and I'm like driving, you know, up the 101 to drop off. Like I'm very much in society's rhythms, but yet I don't feel fully um, attached or connected to those rhythms. Like we're still in a journey mentality. Wow. Wow. How Do you feel that way too, Megan? Yeah, I do. I think that a lot of things that we recognized and learned on the road, we were able to bring back into our life here. Like we realized that when we would go to new campgrounds, 
we would meet the people nearby us right away and we would have s'mores with them and chat with them and learn their life stories in the first night we were there. And then we thought about how interesting it is at home, how it might take months to get to know our neighbors, if that. And so just coming back here, like we had those things in our minds and I think we're trying to, to live our lives in a different way now that we've had that experience and reach out to people more, connect with people more in a, in a more meaningful way. Wow. So, so are your neighbors all feeling very lucky now because you're inviting them over for some more as a campfire? <laughs> I was like, no comment. <laughs> well, we are though. We are not necessarily our direct neighbors because we have been hanging out with them before we left. And yeah. Um, but people that if we say, let's hang out and let's have dinner, we actually follow through with it. And before yeah. we, we didn't follow through with it, we would, you know, get busy and just never make it happen. And now we're like, we need to really follow through with that because it's something that we want and it's a, a value of ours now. Wow. Wow. What are some other things? I'd love to hear some other big kind of lessons that you learned on the road that seem to be eking into your day-to-day life. Well, I think one is just like even going back to how the trip came to be, which is that Megan had this dream and I was kind of a blocker. And then I became part of seeing and it, like seeing if I could help make the dream possible. Um, and this is something I, I think for couples specifically, but there's some way in which supporting our partner's dreams and then them supporting our dreams, like it's cyclical and they keep growing. And one of the things that was an outcome of this trip is I have been doing work with Yale University and their emotional intelligence lab. And so I've always had this dream of speaking, you know, being on tour, so to speak. And once I realized we were on tour, I suggested to the team at Yale that I do parent workshops at the schools they work with across the country. And they're like, that's a great idea. And they're wow. like, what, you know, from their perspective, I think they paid me a day rate for the workshop, but they didn't have to like, you know, pay for travel or yeah. um, all the logistics. And so, you know, they sent out an email to all the schools that were on the specific route that Megan gave to me as sort of guidelines, because there was a moment of like, well, we can't go everywhere. Um, right. and all these schools wrote back and were excited to have me. And so I got hosted at 13 schools across the country. And I got a chance to um, speak with parents about emotions and about what it means to be a family. And so I was just touched by all the parents and, and families I got to meet across the, the country. And I think I share that to say that it also taught me some lessons about what we were experiencing on the road and just this notion of um, claiming our family and that we really do have to set up not, not the walls and say like, oh, we're a closed off family, but to say like, these are my people. This is my family. Yeah, I think traveling, it's like it, it gives people the feeling of like we all have each other's back. We're always there for each other and we're really tight knit in that way. And it, being together 24-7 really helps that. And then all of the things that we needed help with to run the trailer smoothly the girls just jumped right in and they wanted to learn about setting up the stabilizing jacks and hooking up the hoses and things like that, that at home they wouldn't really have interest in something like that. But because we were in this tight knit family and we were kind of all on this journey together, they were willing to help out in different ways, which was really cool. That is really cool. You know, and I'm also thinking about, you know, all the different kinds of families. And you were all across the country. Erin, you were speaking to parents and you were all meeting these different families at campgrounds. What what were some of the insights that you guys took out of, you know, because we live in the Bay Area. Uh, feels like a bit of a bubble, particularly where we live in Marin. Like we live not far from each other. Um, you know, people have their way here, the way they do life. And you guys really got out of the bubble and got across the country. Like, what are the things that, that you learned about families? Well, it's kind of fresh for me because I just finally, after what we've been back 
four months, three months, I finally launched um, some blogs about some of the things we learned on my website. Um, but one of the things that we were touched by was, you know, we're progressive family from the Bay Area. We went out on a red tr- red state tour, basically. You know, <laughs> yeah. we looked, you know, after the election, we looked at the map and we went, I guess we're going to, you know, the universe wants us to go spend some time in red states. Um, and one of the, the, I would say the most beautiful outcomes of the trip is that like, there's so much love and hope in families mm-hmm. and that people love their families and people, parents all over this country, regardless of political affiliation, just care so deeply about their kids. And there was something about just that, that filled me with so much hope for what, what, can, what is possible for us as, as a country and just as a planet, because mm-hmm. when we get distracted by all the, you know, the fear and the anger out there in the world. It was nice to just sort of nestle, nestle into the, just the love of families and how much people care about their kids and their parents. Mm, I love that. What about you, Megan? Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I mean, we met a lot of families living in campgrounds that were on the road, and that was really cool to see how they were living life. Um, and I think the people that we met that were living in sub- suburbia or in the cities, they, they want that. They want that, not the road life, but they want to feel that connection that we felt when we were traveling. And so they've been really great to, you know, reach out to us and ask, like, how can we have more one-on-one time with my kids individually and also like as a family? And how can we do more meaningful things together that like, so I have a friend who lives in LA and she just told me, when I want to have a meaningful, you know, afternoon with my girls, we end up going to get manicures. And she's like, how do I go and, you know, do something that just brings a little bit more depth into our experience and do something that we'll have memories of forever. And then she wrote to me a few days later and she's like, wow, we had an amazing day. We went to these places we've never been to in LA and we got to experience life in a different way together. And, and she just felt so grateful that she actually, I didn't even really give her any tips really. We just had a conversation about it, but I think talking about it and recognizing that she wanted that for her family helped her to go out and find it in her own way. Mm. And I wonder what's, what do you guys notice is different about your girls? Are you open to talking about that? You know, from the beginning of the trip to the end of the trip, what, what kind of evolution happened with, with your two girls? I think the the first is just like confidence. Mm -hmm. I think they're both, I mean, I think when you speak to the bubble, right? Like they were like Marin kids who were kind of stayed close to us, didn't take big risks, kind of, you know, played it close to the the vest is that the expression you know they just like, they kept their experience kind of close they didn't like you know they weren't the kids who were going to jump yeah, off a very big rock. cautious yeah, at least cautious. karuna is very right cautious that's girl. the right yeah. word yeah <laughs> and, and so that would be the first thing that we seen like on the trip they started doing all kinds of things that like we hadn't seen them do yeah wow. they they were willing to take more risks and I think being outside of their home life and their friends allowed them to to do things without feeling like people were watching. And, you know, they could take risks and not not worry about what people would think about them because they were moving on to new places every day. And um, And I also just think that meeting people consistently in the way that we did allowed them to open up and share who they are more with everybody. And the same for me. I grew in the same way that they did, too. Wow. So you all were telling your stories, you know, day after day, you know, or every few days, you're really yeah. <laughs> sharing your stories and who you were and where you're from and what matters to you. Um, that, that's just, you know, it's interesting because that's often what, you know, I find myself craving more and more. I mean, it's 
sadly, it's one of the reasons I love my podcast because I get to get on these calls and like really right away go in and be able to ask those, you know, deeper questions and feel that connection and, and that learning. And I think in our culture, it can be really tricky um, to, to, to dive right in that way. So I love to hear that on the road, that was just kind of the norm. But I think that's kind of like, I think it's possible, especially when you have an experience doing it, having that journey or that travel experience, but living in a, in a stationary place, like the way you described your podcast, or I know like how, how much you love like the wisdom community. And when you go to the conference, there is that energetic, right? Where it's yes. like new people getting to meet them where they're at and be, I think the, the other lesson that feels that we realize feels really good to us. And I think it's how, how we're engaging with people here is on the road. Everyone's excited for you. Everyone's <laughs> like, Oh my God, you're on the road for three months as family. Like, you never like why are you doing that? Or like, why, why would you do that? They're like, everyone's just like, yay, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I can really see that. Um, and, and I, you know, I always say, you know, you just gotta, when you live in a community, um, at least for me, for, for myself, like you really got to find your people, you know, like when I go to the wisdom 2.0 conference, everyone's my people, you know, you can sit down with somebody you didn't know and ask deep questions and they're not kind of looking at you like, why are you asking me that? (laughs) You know, it's the opening is already there. Yeah. And what was cool about our trip was that I got to go meet my people in person all over the country because I, I do Instagram a lot and I've met oh a lot of amazing gosh. artists and art teachers and moms that live around the country. And we've chatted online, but I was able to actually go and meet them in person. And it was like instant bonding and connection. And ah. it was so great. That was definitely a highlight of the trip was seeing everybody. And I feel like, like, they're just this community that I will have forever. It's really special. Yeah. I mean, to just like blow that out a little bit further, like people invited us into their homes and we have family dinners with, with, with people you've just met through Instagram, right, Megan? I I was somebody who was kind of like not sold on Instagram. And then after this trip, I was like, wow, the relationships people make there are real. Like, like Megan, I was the first person like Amy at Handmakery in, in Colorado, like Megan and her seem like, sisters like they've known each other their whole lives <laughs> oh. we're actually all together for the first time in person but they've been sharing each other's lives through instagram and like when people comment and support each other it's kind of like what you're saying right the wisdom or the, your people like your support is real and authentic and your excitement for them is just as real and exciting yeah and, and having... we have so much in common too and so mm. we just could talk forever and it felt like like we had known each other for so long yeah like amber um in Austin, uh-huh. what's her Instagram? I feel like we should. Well, oh, what's her <laughs> Figment Fig- Labs? Uh, Figment Creative Labs. She was We Warhols when we saw her, and then she changed her name to Figment Creative. But we parked our trailer on an incline, which you're apparently not supposed to do, in front of her home in Austin. <laughs> it was such an incline that we didn't feel safe sleeping in it, so she let us sleep in there in her house. Aww. that's the kind of love that we were. Um, given on the road and I think that's another kind of lesson it's like it's really a wonderful thing to be a guest and to let people help you yeah and I love this connection of the social media world with the real world real world right and and it's getting very blurred right where where it begins and ends I I recently went to a um the Thich Nhat Hanh Walk With Me premiere here in Marin. And, and I met this woman and she was asking about me coming and doing a talk at her children's school out in the East Bay. And, and I'm like, well, we know, you know, we know each other. She's like, we don't know each other. I'm like, we've met before. She's like, no, we haven't. But it was just on Facebook. 
I felt like I knew her. When I saw her, I hugged her. It <laughs> felt like in that moment, I was sure we'd met before. And she said, no, we've never met. That's so funny. I was listening to, there's a podcast by Brooke Castillo, um, the Life Coach School, and she was talking about somebody was, she, she finally met somebody or was chatting with somebody who said, oh yeah, remember when we were talking in, in my car, you know, a few months ago? And she's like, what? And then the, the lady was like, oh no, actually I was listening to your podcast, but it's just like, they, there's such a connection sometimes that you think you're with the person. Yeah, I really, I'm appreciating that. You know, I haven't, I haven't noodled on that that much. I have a bit because there's a woman, um, a friend of mine who, well, a Facebook friend of mine, just a Facebook friend of mine. And she edited my book um, that's coming out in October that I keep getting pestered to talk about on my Yay. podcast. So I'm talking about it, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. There, I said it. It's coming out <laughs> October 17th. And she helped me. Um, she edited it for me. She did an editing. Like I sent it to her. We've never met. We've only talked on Facebook. We'd talked on the phone a few times. And she took the time to edit my book and give me like a ton of feedback and grammatical stuff. And, and we'd, we'd only been friends on Facebook. So it, I love, I love this thread of having our social media world, you know, in, in the outside world and how it connected to your travel and your trip. I, I just think it's, it feels like that's, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Uh, it but it's another teaching for me. So after speaking with parents all over the country, I realized that there was a need um, to figure out how to create a, a conversation and to support families around technology use. Mm. Um, and more specifically, how to become better allies to young people who really love technology. Like it's a real love of theirs. And I think there is a, a divide. But one of the things I just did a video shoot with some teenagers, we, like a little mini episode called Teens Talk Tech. And one of the things that one of these teenagers shared that I think is so relevant for all of us as adults is he, he brought up the, the idea of having integrity around all the different platforms that we're on. And, and the way I un interpreted it and listening to you talk about your Instagram friends again, it's like, it's, like, it's just about being authentic and being who we are, wherever we are, online or offline. But there is no need from, a, from his perspective, this young man was saying that, like, I shouldn't have like a Facebook persona and an Instagram persona. <laughs> and then when you meet me in person, it's that different. He was yeah. advocating for people just being who they are and enjoying yeah. themselves on the different platforms. Which is harder for younger kids and teens to do. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a good map for all of us as we're trying well, to. Yeah, I think it's hard for adults too. You know, everybody's right. got their like perfect life on, on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook. And, um, you know, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll see friends post something and I know they're going through something so difficult, right? And and you don't tell everyone all of the different, you know, you tell the people that are closest to you. So I think it's really tricky, this social media. Um, and Aaron, maybe we'll do a podcast on this <laughs> totally, because I know you're really um, doing a lot of work around technology and teens and families. Um, you know, maybe we can talk about this sometime. But that, you know, that's a tricky thing. Like in our regular world, we don't just, you know, meet somebody on the street and be like, oh, yeah, you know, my mom has, is sick. And, you know, you don't start talking in that way. Um, but we also want to be authentic and real. And so how do we do that in this new world we live in, which is so much about social media, particularly for our kids? Yeah, I mean, one thing I think about, because for me, I don't do social media for, as, for my, myself. You know, I never did it before work. I do it mostly for work. And through that, I was able to connect personally with people. But when I post things, it's really just all on my work accounts. And so I just... 
keep in mind, even if I post personal stuff, I just keep in mind, is this helpful for the people that are reading it? And if it's just me saying something that just went great, you know, in my life, but it doesn't seem helpful at all, then I'm not going to post it. Or if it's something that isn't going so well, if I feel like it will help the people that are reading, then, then I think it's worthwhile to share. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That that's a nice little question to ask yourself, you know, is this going to be helpful? Um, you know, to whoever I, to whoever receives this, we're totally getting off track with social media. Let's get back to your travel. See, this is the, this is a this easy is what happened on the trip. Like if I started talking to parents and someone brought up technology, I was like, okay, we're just going to add another hour onto this talk and people who want to stay, will do that. Yeah. Um, it is its own sort of needed. We need time for it. Like, you know, from my perspective, like we are in this moment where we're going to have to figure out how to bring wisdom into our technology use because up till now we just had technology and, and it's been yeah. what it is. Mm. But one thing I did want to stretch out was your mention of your book. And I just want to see if I can get you to confirm that you'll come on our show to talk about your book when it launches. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'd love to. That'd be so fun. I'm having a lot of fun talking about the book. I just have, I have a harder time. Um, I don't know why I need to have some pot, my own podcasts about my own book. That would make a lot of sense. And I will do that. I, I would volunteer to come on your show and interview you about your book oh, if you want idea. it. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, yeah. I will I will take that. Because we'll need a copy anyways. And I just had this impulse where I'm like, oh, you're going to be our first book review on our show. Mm, okay. We haven't done that yet. We're done and done. Go. Great. Okay. It's all done recorded. and done. It's all planned. And now yeah. it's, it's... I got you on recording with all this. That was my goal. <laughs> that's the whole reason I want to be on your show. Okay, you confirm all this. Oh, you I know you can still edit this out if you wanted, but I hope you don't. No, I'm not going to edit it out. I promise I'm not. Yeah. You know, before, we're going we're gonna to start running out of time soon. So I really wanted to ask you guys to respond to, um, you know, how this traveling, this experience has shifted your relationship, the two of you. I know you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but is there anything that you haven't said? Because I feel like that's something people are wondering, like, what does this do to the relationship? What, what's possible? Um, well, I think one thing is that we've, we've definitely gotten a lot closer. We've been able to spend more time together than we ever had before. Um, but we've, we've sort of joined together in partnership around some of the work that we're doing. And so um, we started the podcast after we came back from the trip and we do a podcast together and it combines what we both do in our work lives and our personal lives into this one thing that that's growing and eventually we want it to grow into maybe an event uh, like a family camp kind of thing and so the the trip really helped us to come together in a different way to to bring something new into the world yeah from my perspective i mean we've been married 13 years we've had two kids in that time period a lot of different things happen it was super special to get the time together like in the front of the truck um, just the two of us talking, listening to podcasts, dreaming together. Um, it just, it brought, like Megan said, brought us much closer together. And I think brought some more flow into our lives. And then I think for me, and this is going to be sound like we're not, we're not really like a fighting couple. It's not really our style, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I would say there's much more ease on the topics that before would be really stressful for me, mostly me, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> but like things like, you know, like paying credit card bills at the end of the month are now sort of like, we feel a little bit more like a business meeting. There's less energy or charge or like we, we kind of cured ourselves of blaming each other for things. <laughs> There's some fun sauce. Like we, we just, in a trailer, one thing I would just add is you have 20, it's 23 feet long, but there's not a lot of square footage. So 
when something happens, you start to notice all your behavior patterns. And so one pattern we learned was that like the tendency when you do something wrong is to blame whoever is around you. Oh yeah. We had one incident where I opened the fridge and picked up a salsa container by the top and it was, the top wasn't really on fully. So it just dropped and (laughs) salsa everywhere. (laughs) Our whole trailer was covered in salsa. And at first I was like, Aaron, you didn't put the top back on. And that was my, uh, my first thought because I, you know, I assumed that somebody hadn't put the top back on and it must've been Aaron. But then (laughs) I realized that the top was faulty and it actually didn't ever click on no matter how hard you tried. So we, after that, we started talking about blame because that happened, you know, a few times in different ways from both of us and even the kids. And so we, from there, we kind of learned not to blame each other right away and to to think before we did that which like if you think about the context of relationships so much of it is emotional energetics being you know thrown at the other person so if i'm feeling overwhelmed or frustrated by the end of the trip that was my emotional experience and i didn't have to take it out on megan so i find that the trip has really helped us a lot like like we don't really take things out on each other much anymore and not that we did that much before but enough that you could have moments of feeling not that close yeah. Because that is what makes us not feel close, little bits of resentment or little bits of blame. And so we get to spend our days feeling pretty close. And, I, you know, I think the other thing is appreciation. Like I just, I'm so appreciative of Megan in my life and our children. And that's sort of my daily foundational practice is, is that appreciation. So it allows a lot more softness when Megan's like, you didn't wipe down the table, but you cleaned the whole kitchen. It doesn't trigger me. I just kind of smile and I'm like, oh, I must have missed it. And so I'd like to bring it down to these daily little experiences because, you know, from being married, right? Like these are the things that sometimes lead to bigger things. Yeah. 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 You guys should create a little like user guide to being on the road. Like things that people can ask, be asking themselves, be asking each other. Seriously. It'd be so like for people that want to do this, but then they want to be able to kind of do some of that inner work as they go that it sounds like you guys were doing very naturally because of who you are. Um, certainly I'm sure because of the work that Aaron is involved in every day and, and you were doing that along the way. And I think that's such a big part of it is to, you know, it can be this, this practice of mindfulness and practice of awareness when you travel with your family. Yeah. And one of the big things that we heard that couples always fight about is backing up the trailer because <laughs> the, usually one person, usually the, the man is, is backing up the trailer in the couples that we met. And then the woman is standing outside and trying to direct, except it's all opposite. And so if I say go left, it really means go right. You know, there's all these different meanings. To it's like the perfect up. recipe for couples <laughs> yeah. to fight. And so oh, every, yeah. every couple that we met said that was like their biggest challenge was fighting when they would back up. The <laughs> <laughs> and so we started off the trip knowing that and, and just being really conscious every time we did a backup to not get upset with each other. <laughs> but, it, but I just want to say this because I think you'll love this. It doesn't mean that it didn't get upset, right? Like, so Megan might be backing me into a spot and be like, oh, go right. And we maybe have driven for five hours. I'm tired, hungry, all the perfect things that are ripe for fighting. Yeah. And I would just allow my emotional experience to be mine. You know, like, so I didn't lash out at her because she told me to go right when it was left. Mm. I just, it was just what happened. It, it just what was, right? It wasn't right. Um, her fault. She was doing her best to get this large trailer into this awkward spot. I love um, it. And I think that's true for day-to-day interactions, right? you your kids, you try to get your kids to do something that they're not doing. And then the other partner thinks like, well, why aren't they doing it? And so once you take out the blame 
and the reactiveness to attack the other person, you're just left with, how can I be helpful? How can I work on my own inner experience? And I think that's a big gift of the trip. One other last gift I want to give before we run out of time, because I think this is relevant for your audience and for all of us, is connection to nature. Like, yeah, I was going to say that. You were too? Yeah. Good. It was like, God, we can't leave the show without mentioning this. Good. You want to say something? Uh, yeah, well, for me, I, I started this like morning coffee routine where I would make my coffee every morning and then I would go outside and sit somewhere in nature. And usually we were by a river or by the ocean or in the woods and I could just go and have 20 minutes to myself just mm. listening to the birds and, and experiencing nature around me and having my coffee. And, and that was so special to me. That was like, it set me up for having a really good day. And I did a meditation usually after that in the trailer, but that was the beginning of the meditation part. Um, and so I made a point when we came home to do that now here, which I had never done before. And every morning I go outside and just, even though we only have a little backyard and there's some trees around and then we're in a neighborhood, um, I just listen to the birds and, and feel the wind and just appreciate the natural surroundings. And it's really helps me to ground my day. Wow. You guys are so inspiring. <laughs> and, you know, I've thought my husband and I have talked about taking a trip around the world with either ourselves or with one of the kids, if they're willing to take a year out of school. And we kind of have this plan when my older son graduates from high school, but you really have me thinking, God, maybe we can pull this off. You know, maybe we can do it between athletic schedules with my older son and we can all take off for a few months. So you've inspired me and I'm sure you have inspired um, many other people who are listening. And I just want to give you guys a minute to talk about, you know, you've mentioned some of the things that that you do and how people can reach you. Just, you know, quickly share, you know, how people can reach you, how they can listen in, how they can work with you. Um, well, my business is called The Art Pantry and my website is theartpantry.com. I help families design art spaces and playrooms for kids. And I have um, eBooks. I have a lot of free content on my website. And I also have an online course called Design Camp, where I take parents step-by-step -step through the process of setting up an art space in their homes. And it's a five-week course. And I'm, I'm in the middle of one now, but then I'm doing another one in January of 2018. Very so cool. if anybody's interested, go to theartpantry.com and all of the information is there. Thank you, Megan and Aaron. You're getting so good at sharing that, Megan. So, <laughs> so good. So good. So yeah. Such a pro now. Um, you can go learn more about my work at coachschiller.com. Um, there's definitely some new blog posts there about the trip. So if that's interesting to you. And I, I, I generally work with parents, small business owners, um, families as a whole, uh, to help people find their way forward and to really enjoy their lives and um, to be able to appreciate all the great things that they have going for them and aligned to their bigger dreams. And our podcast is Muse and the Catalyst, and you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and also museandthecatalyst.com has all of our episodes on there. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Michelle. So fun, Michelle. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And we're going to say goodbye to our listeners. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend. 
and give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes. <laughs>